Well, good morning. morning. I apologize for not doing uh, more of an introduction at the beginning of our service. Uh, But welcome. It's a beautiful day to worship the Lord. Our uh, psalm for today, the first verse of that psalm, could really be our prayer for what's been going on in our country and in the world with uh, the presidential election and the coronavirus and everything else that's transpired. Psalm 70 verse 1 says, Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. And that should be our prayer. We should memorize that verse and pray it often. I hope you will. Um, Because things may be dark and trying now, but there are going to be better days ahead. And when I say better days ahead, I'm thinking far ahead to our heavenly home. You know? And um, I love the, uh, the songs that Brian picked out. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Look at this crucifix. It's beautiful. We have a Savior, you know? And when you think about it, I love you, sweetheart. When you think about it, and you look at this depiction of our Savior, think to yourself, who else would do this for you? I don't know that we have many, if any, friends that would do this for us. I don't know that we have many, if any, family that would do this for us. But Jesus did this for us. And He came to deliver us and set us free from the bondage of sin and death and place us in His kingdom and call us His children. And we're going to see about that. Our New Testament reading from 1 Thessalonians, St. Paul talks about the coming of the Lord. And it's referenced in the Gospel reading too. And um, it's really fitting that, that these readings should be placed here the Sunday after the Feast of All Saints and three weeks until the start of Advent where we celebrate the coming of the Lord. And if again, if you're, if you're tired of 2020, a sacramental liturgical church is the place to be because we end 2020 about eight weeks before the secular world ends it. That's right. 
So at the start of Advent, the last Sunday of November starts the new year for the church. And, and um, you know, we're trusting the Lord for the new year, for the remainder of this year. You know, we don't put our trust in politicians. We don't put our trust in, in government because they're human and they fail us. And, um, you know, definitely government and politicians wouldn't do that for you. St. Paul talks to the church at Thessalonica. He tells them he doesn't want them to be uninformed about those who have died so that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. And he's talking here about those who have died before the second coming of Christ. And he tells them that those people will be remembered by Christ and will be raised up. Those people that were in the faith that died will be raised up and they'll go before us into heaven. Now, I, I grew up in, um, in a, I went to a Baptist church school, and the pastor who was the principal of the school taught Bible class, and um, every year he would teach on Revelation, the book of Revelation. And he, you know, he had his theory of how things were all going to work out, you know, all millennial, premillennial, whatever. I'm not sure that I understand all that, but I know that the main thing is for us to always be ready because we never know when we're going to be called out of this world. So that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 says, Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. This was before we came to Christ. And strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. You know, there's a... If you've ever read anything about St. Augustine... He wrote uh, a lot of things. He wrote um, his confessions down, the Confessions of St. Augustine. And you can get that book. And um, in it, he wrote about his mother, St. Monica. And if you know anything about St. Augustine, he was, a, he was brought up in the faith, but he left the faith. And he went out to live his own life. He got a, a girlfriend, got her pregnant out of wedlock, um, did not marry him, did not marry her, but uh, provided for the child. Then he got into a relationship with a girl that was underage to be married. And um, so while he was waiting for her to be married, he reconnected with his Christian faith. And he and his mother, Monica, 
went on a pilgrimage from North Africa. They were from North Africa. And they went on a pilgrimage to Rome. And in that pilgrimage, during that pilgrimage, St. Monica fell sick with a fever. And um, she was uh, very sick. And St. Augustine knew how much she loved her husband and was anxious to get her back home. Her husband had died previously and um, he was anxious uh, because she had previously said that she wanted to be buried next to her husband. And, um, but she talked with St. Augustine and she told him basically that I'm with the Lord and the Lord is with me and it doesn't matter where they bury my body. If I die, it doesn't matter where they bury my body. And she said, I only ask you to do one thing. Remember me at the altar of the Lord. And she said this, when um, St. Augustine heard that some of, her, some of his friends in Rome had asked St. Monica if she was afraid to leave her body so far from home, she said, nothing is far to God, she answered. We need not fear that at the end of the world he will not recognize where he is to raise me up. And in another passage, St. Augustine says, this is in the Confessions of St. Augustine, this is after St. Monica had died. He said, I closed her eyelids and sorrow beyond measure filled my heart and would have overflowed in tears. But by a strong effort of will, I had no tears. It was not fitting that her funeral should be conducted with moaning and weeping, for such is normal when death is seen as only misery or as the complete end of existence. But she had not died in misery, and death was not her end. Of the one fact, we were certain by reason of her character, of the other, by our faith. So we know by our faith that death is not the end, right? And we will live forever with Jesus if we stay close to Him. We have a Savior. Isn't that amazing? We have a Savior. St. Paul describes the coming of the Lord this way. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord Himself with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. The Lord is going to come back. And He's going to call us all to Himself. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 31, Matthew 24, 31, it says, And He, meaning the Lord, will send out His angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather His elect from the four winds, 
from one end of heaven to the other. Again, St. Monica said, doesn't matter where you put my body. The Lord knows where I'm at. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians 15, verse 23. I'll read verse 21 first. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then it is coming those who belong to Christ. Paul says, We who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Now when we were singing that song earlier, um, Power in the Blood, did your heart rate get up a little bit start breathing a little bit quicker imagine what it's going to be like when you're caught up with the Lord forever you know one thing about evangelization I heard one priest say one time was that there's a lot of talk about hell but not enough talk about heaven. And his point was that we need to really paint a better picture of heaven for people to see as something to really grasp hold of, not so much as hell as to something to stay away from, although it is, because hell is a very real place. Therefore encourage one another with these words. St. Paul encouraged the Thessalonians. So we will be with the Lord forever. You know, we won't always have political turmoil. We won't always have societal problems. We will as long as we're on this earth, which is for sure. But we are created as immortal beings. Our bodies are mortal, but we also have a soul and a spirit that lives forever. And so, where will our, where will our spirit go after we die? If we are with the Lord, if we hold fast to the Lord and stay close to Him, by His grace and mercy, he will, he will be with us and make us with Him. But we got to get there first, right? we got to get there. St. Matthew, our Gospel reading, gives us an image of a wedding feast. 
And of all the, the weddings that I've been to and all the weddings that I've assisted at, I've never experienced a situation where the bridegroom is late. If somebody's late to a wedding, it's usually the bride because she's still getting ready or whatever, you know. So us, us men, we just stand there and wait. Wait. But it's worth the wait, right? It's worth the wait. <laughs> so we have the parable of the ten bridesmaids. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five were foolish and five were wise. Now, it's important to note, I think, that Jesus doesn't just pick on the women, calling them foolish and wise. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 7, you'll remember that we have the, the story of the wise and the foolish men. One man built his house on the rock, the other man built his house on the sand. It says, Every one of them who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came. This is Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 and following. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded upon the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So the bridegroom, the brides, the bridesmaids are waiting for the bridegroom. And so they go out and five of the foolish bridesmaids did not take any oil with them. Now if you've seen ancient oil lamps before, they're, they're made of clay and they're all different sizes. Many of them that I've seen just fit in the palm of your hand and it's kind of like there's a hole here where you pour the oil in and then it's covered and then there's a tip here kind of like a, a little teapot sort of thing that you pour out that there's a wick that comes out and so the wick wicks the oil you know how oil lamp works but it doesn't hold that much oil and so if you're gonna go out and wait for somebody in the dark you need oil or else you're gonna be sitting in the dark and I think back to um, the times where you know, if you ever had to go pick up somebody from the airport you would um, either sit in your car you know before 9-11 you could sit at the gate and you would wait sometimes flights would be delayed you would wait you would wait you would wait maybe fall asleep now they have the cell phone lot that you sit in and you know you sit in your car and wait for a phone call but um, 
Now, as back then, these bridesmaids were waiting. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. So, a point here. We cannot depend on other people for our salvation. Our salvation is dependent on our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not solely dependent on our works, but it is solely dependent on our relationship with Jesus Christ. And we have to be prepared and ready. And while those foolish bridesmaids went to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Think of Noah's Ark. That big massive door being brought up to close the ark. They went into the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids got back from Walmart or Target or wherever they went to buy their oil. And they knocked on the door. Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly, I do not know you. Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then, he will, and then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. You don't want that to be said to you. I don't want it said to me. The last line in the gospel today says, Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Turn to Mark chapter 13. Mark 13 verse 32 and following says, But of that day or that hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son of Man, but only the Father. So Jesus doesn't even know when the Lord is coming back. Take heed, watch and pray, 
for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Now, I don't know that we have too many of these people these days, but uh, used to we had a number of people that would make predictions about the end of the world or Christ coming back and they didn't know what they were talking about because they would make a prediction for one date the date would come and they would say oh I, I, I was, must have been mistaken it's going to be on this date but Jesus doesn't even know when the Lord is returning he said so right there in Mark chapter 13 our job is to watch our job is to always be ready our job is to hold fast to the Lord and not just not just through words but to really cling to the Lord as our own Savior as our own Savior and Lord I was amazed with our Old Testament reading in the book of Amos today had some great verses and think about this, and this is what Jesus <clears throat> was saying in Matthew chapter 7. I'll read that one more time. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. So there are some people that cry out to the Lord just so that the Lord will get them out of a tight spot. you know. And that's okay, we should do that. But our love for God should go deeper, a lot deeper than that. Amos chapter 5, the first few verses there, says, Alas for you who desire the day of the Lord. Why do you want the day of the Lord? Do we want the day of the Lord to come to benefit us in some frivolous way? Or do we really, do we really want to sacrifice our lives and devote our lives to knowing God and to loving God so that the day of the Lord comes and we are brought up into a closer union with our Savior. The prophet Amos says, if you want the Lord for some frivolous reason, then that day of the Lord is darkness, it's not light as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine running from a lion and be met by a bear? Or someone who went into the house and rested a hand against the wall 
and was bitten by a snake. This is a word to us to not be lukewarm or frivolous in our relationship with the Lord. You know, God is a jealous God. And our love for Him is important. His desire for us is important. So we pray to the Lord today and we should make this our prayer every day. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. We need help, my friends. We need help in everything that we do. We need the Lord to deliver us. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. May we all put that into our minds and keep it there forever. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.